0: Get ready to strap
1: in for another exciting episode of No Driving Gloves, where Derek, John, and Will will use over 75 years combined industry knowledge to bring you a bare knuckled view of the collector car hobby. So let's get rolling. Welcome back again, guys. Been a little bit of time since we've talked. We had that long episode, two parters, but here we are. I think we're going to talk about a little bit of our travels. Uh, Will and Derek seem to get around, see a lot of shows. I'm a little bit more of a homebody, but let's see where we go.
2: So I know in the in the truck episode, we talked about uh high dollar tow rigs and stuff like that. And, you know, one of the reasons that we have a really nice tow rig is is we travel a lot. We go to car shows all over the country from, you know, Ohio to California, all the way up into... Uh, the Twin Cities of Minnesota. So, you know, some of my favorite shows are just local shows. I know we travel all over the country, you know, pulling trailers and pulling cars. But you know, sometimes it's to me it's more fun to just hop in your hot rod and and go down the road fifteen or twenty miles and hang out with your buddies for a few hours and then turn around and come home. You know, I don't get a lot of business from that. Uh, but as far as the enjoyable side of it, you know, I can load my family up and we go to a little thing called First Friday in Gadsden, Alabama, a good bit. And, you know, there'll be six or seven hundred cars show up from uh, all over the southeast, really. And, it, you know, it starts at eight o'clock. No, it starts earlier than that. It starts about five o'clock and goes to like 10 o'clock. And, you know, they have food vendors that come in it's in downtown Gadsden all of the businesses stay open several several restaurants uh, a few bars it's just a really really neat thing to do that's local so ultimately some of my favorite stuff's just right down the road.
1: Um, I say I I hear about First Fridays in Gadsden all the time and I want to head up that way but the the legend as it is two hours away from you is be there by three o'clock, or you're not going to park anywhere near there. So, I'm I'm hearing your five o'clock is a little bit of fib in there.
2: Well, but, uh, if if you know people, you can get terrified. <laughs> if you ever want to come up, just let me know. I'll save you a spot.
1: I, I don't drive anything right now. I got a car I got to send up to you, so that I have something that's appropriate to be there. There we go. And then of course, I, and I can have you drive it over there, and I don't have to worry about it.
2: That's right. I I do it all the time. <laughs> I'll well, the- h- haul a customer car to California and they fly in on a plane, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Then, John, you don't even have to bother showing up. I mean, just send the car to, to Will. He can he can build it. Take it up to the show for you. I mean, you can just sit at home. Like, you know, he'll take I it look up a there.
1: I to- yeah. look a lot better and a lot younger in my cardboard cutout. Look a lot like Tony Stewart, actually.
2: <laughs> Tony Stewart. <laughs> oh, hey, that sounds like a plan. What are you going to send me?
1: We we've talked about it. I just gotta I'll send you the car and I'll send you the blank check. As long as I get the car back nice and the check untouched, we're good.
2: I won't touch the check. I'll have my
1: mom touch it. It's still been touched. <laughs> no, but I'll agree with you. There one thing that amazed me moving to Alabama from Washington DC. I moved here not ever thinking I'd see a cool car ever again in my life. And there's a lot of cool cars in Alabama and some of the shows locally rival anything I, you know, went to when i in Tyson's corner Virginia or, you know, even some of the Concours events, you know, I go to lunch with some guys that drive some pretty cool cars most Saturdays that I'm in town. Uh, But, It's you're right. Some of these the low the locals are great because you get the camaraderie of the people. You get to see who's driving what, what's new. You get to give some people a little a harassing because oh no, you bought this, and you know just got a friend who bought a new Mustang, and you know guess he wants to become a mass murderer at car shows,
2: (laughs) or for or forget how to drive anything.
1: It's it's a red Shelby, so at least the blood won't affect the you know the paint job or anything.
2: Oh Lord, boy, Mustang uh, Mustangs owners have uh, had a rough go at it the last couple of years.
1: Okay, I'll go with it's a lot of just creative video editing. I, but could you really find five hours of Camaro footage of them careening through cars and coffee? So I you think prob- if you if you try hard enough, you can. Yeah,
2: yeah you, you can.
0: <laughs>
1: can I be mean to Camaro owners and say, can you find five hours of footage of Camaros running?
0: <laughs> there there you go. Yeah, you could be mean. Yeah. 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 We may we lose, some, lose some listeners. Thanks, John. I was going
1: to say, <laughs> yep.
0: There we go. We lost oh,
1: 20, 30% of our downloads.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is... I, I
2: bet we only lost the Camaro owners that have a mullet.
1: <laughs> oh, God we 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 uh, we we better be good <laughs> <laughs> but but uh. you, you know that means we won't lose the new new trans am owners the guys that have the rebodied trans ams because those they tell me those aren't camaros even though the titles say they are
2: <laughs> yeah they're they're still good
1: <laughs> i'm just saying that that was something on my facebook feed from uh Fellow, uh, I don't want to say fellow because I don't own one, from a Mustang owner jabbing at uh, some of the Camaro people in her, her
0: Mustang group. But yeah, that, there's, again, there's that, a lot of those cars that, you know, they can, you know, claim they're one thing, though the title says they're something else. So, that, But
1: that's one thing that's good about the local car clubs, because her, for example, she, you know, I harassed her this week on Facebook because they had a picture of her. Newly turned sixteen-year-old son, or newly licensed sixteen-year-old son. The son was newly licensed. He wasn't a new son, standing next to a, a Corvette. And it's it was, she was getting. Did you buy him a Corvette? No, she probably pulled that out of her garage because she's a Mustang owner. And they've got Transams. They have Camaros. They have. I think they have like twenty-eight cars. So they 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 play with everybody in the car culture, and they're the kind of people that can laugh about, you know, her Mustang at a car show and then can turn around and laugh at Trans Ams. And the good-hearted nature of car people, the tough people are the ones that actually, you know, take a little bit of offense from the ribbing. You've got to be able to to take it if you're going to give it. I've been there through everything. I've taken it because of Hondas I've had. I've taken it because of Chevys I've had. I've taken it because of Mazdas and Fords and Chryslers. And I've said many, many times on this podcast I like '80s Chrysler four-cylinder turbo products. <laughs> I think I'm I'm ripe for the picking. So,
2: it's a lot like college football. If you pick a team, there's somebody going to rag you about it.
1: I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> 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 I, I think I've been in Alabama too long. <laughs>
0: this that and that that's why I'm not a sports fan. Right there because yeah, I just. Not that I can't take the ribbing, because of course, like John or like Will, I, you know, I I've owned Ford, I've owned Chrysler, I've owned Chevy. I don't get too much ribbing for owning Overlands or a Peerless. I guess I don't. I don't know. There's not a lot of guys make fun of you for that. Um,
2: <laughs> Nobody but... knows what the heck they are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Somebody told me on the uh, Facebook this week that the uh, Marmon owners group's pretty
0: small out there too. It is. It is. I saw your a uh, little bit of your your post there about the Marmons and and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe in some of the clubs like Marmon, you know, when you come out and you're like, yeah, you know, I my my dad and I own some Marmons and we have a, a 1928 uh, Marmon Model 68, um, and then the the 1929 Roosevelt, which really are both two of the lower end Marmons. Yeah, you might get a little ribbing, you know, on the especially with the Roosevelt, which was a one off weird story behind it you know it's it is part of the part of the car world and as will was saying and john was saying you get to the the local shows and enjoy those local shows and they're fun i used to go to a lot of local shows uh, as a kid growing up uh with some of the cars even when i moved off to to detroit worked for you worked at henry ford museum i uh, had friends there that would take some of their cars out to some of the local Car shows in the park on Thursday nights or, you know, whatnot. And enjoyed hanging around at those. And they're always fun because there is that little bit of kind of everybody's there for one passion, you know, cars. It kind of gets to be an environment where you make a lot of friends. Uh So that's really nice. Probably one of my favorite shows to go to all year is, and I think John and Will both know this, Old Car Festival up at Greenfield Village. It's really kind of like those more local shows in the fact that everybody there kind of knows each other. There's also the common bond of these are all cars that are pre 1932 anti cars, and it's kind of that like minded mentality in the show situation. But there's a lot of people there that have been going for 30, 40, you know, 50 years. It's just built into a show of a lot of friendships and a lot of, you know, it's the one time of year that people catch up sometimes. And that makes it a really spectacular show for guys like me that are into the antique car world, enjoy catching up with their friends that they might not see all year. And we get to run some cool stuff and drive around all day and for two and a half days of Friday, while we're getting set up, and then Saturday and Sunday, just driving around the village and having fun. It's it's a blast, and I enjoy going to it. As John said, Will and I travel a lot. It, it's always nice to go off to the shows that are, you know, three, four states away, the other side of the country, whatever. But, you know, you get tired. I, at least I get tired of the traveling. I don't know if Will does. But... It's also like, you know, going to Pebble Beach or one of those shows, it's cool because you get to see cars that you might not see anywhere else ever because the collectors don't bring them out for anything other than a concour. but the attitude and the mentality at the concours, it doesn't feel the same as some of the local shows and the ones where you're seeing friends and really enjoying the time. I don't know what, you know, Will and John, what you guys think about that, but that's kind of my thoughts.
2: Yeah, definitely local shows are, are a whole lot more laid back. You know, you can kinda come and go as you please. There's no no rush to get anywhere where like when we go to the good guys events and you know, we have a new fresh build out, you have to be here at a certain time and you have to be there at a certain time and you got photo shoots and it's actually a lot of work. Getting up early, staying up late. Of course, you get to see, you know, guys that you may only get to see once t- one one time a year, uh, which is very enjoyable, and it's just uh it's it's work to get there, and then it's work once you get. There. We I mean, but we we enjoy it a lot. It's fun showing off, you know, the latest build and, and the up and coming stuff, but I always resort back to the local shows and kind of take that for granted now because we go when we travel so much take the local shows for granted when when you show up with a with a car that's been all over the country people those people enjoy seeing it more than the people that's halfway across the country too
1: there's two ways of really looking at the shows and the local shows i are are great there's they're easy to get to. They don't cost you anything to go to. You can enjoy them. You can hang out with friends. You can take whatever car you feel like, and you can sleep in your bed at night. The national shows, the the big ones, whether it be concours or just little weekend events, those can be, those, as Derek alluded to, can be really enjoyable because of the people. You don't get to see each other for, for a year, and it's kind of a, a family reunion, and you hang out, and you can talk and have fun. And it doesn't matter if it's Old Car Festival, a uh, Vintage Festival where I'm at, any of the Carlisle events that happen up there. Hershey is just a gathering of car people. It happens in Pennsylvania beginning of October every year. Even Pebble Beach, Amelia Island, just drop whatever name you want it to in there, Concours Italiano. There are groups of people that they go there, and it's the only time these Ferrari owners see each other during the year, and they're getting away and having fun, and they're paying people like Will, me, or Derek to take care and handle their cars and so they can enjoy the party. The levels of fun just all vary. I used to go to Amelia Island every other year, because it was local and fun. Now it's become a, a, and I knew people, but in the Concours, it's become a lot of people. It's lost a little bit of its fun, but it's still a fairly enjoyable Concours. But the first half a dozen times I went, at least I was there representing a car, working for somebody. I was there as a job. And then one year I went on my own, paid for my own hotels, wrote my own schedule, did what I wanted when I wanted to and I can't tell you how much more fun that event was. So us three, we get a lot of these paid vacations to go to these shows. I go to the Lotus Owners Gathering every year, no matter where it's at. To be honest, as somebody from another company I work with quite closely says, when he travels, he leaves with what money's in his wallet, and he comes home with that exact same amount of money because he he lives off the company credit card and I kind of get the privilege of doing that. I don't have to buy a candy bar at the Love Station on the interstate there, anything. But you are at the beck and call of your employer. You are responsible for something you don't own. And if something goes tragically wrong, you, you go home jobless. So there's always that level of stress, and it takes a lot of fun out of it. And I think that, you know... Will's echoing that it's, it's a lot more fun to go to the local shows because, again, you know people, you have a little bit less responsibility, you're close to home. But for the listeners out there, don't get us wrong. Even the big shows are very enjoyable to go to. You go to them, you have fun, you see people. And once you get going three or four or five years, you start recognizing people, you start recognizing car owners, you start recognizing the people working the insurance booths or the people again it goes back to having people and it's it's a way to see some of this stuff so don't don't let the fact that we get upset and cry over having to go to these shows because it's a job they're they're all fun and when you go into it with a different look and i try to go to a couple of shows per year now on my own dollar out of my own you know not worried about anything other than me having fun. And that's kind of how I get away from it. And I I find I enjoy them really a lot more than when I'm going to work.
2: You know, I I recommend going to Columbus, Ohio, to the Good Guys Nationals. If you've never been to that event, it is well worth going to. I know um, John and I actually met up there this year. We didn't have you know, a car uh, that was done this year for that show. So we just got kind of got to lay back and, and really sit back and enjoy it. Uh, we did have one photo shoot that was at like five o'clock in the morning. But other than that, it was very enjoyable. You know, just to the average car guy that enjoys just going to car shows and seeing cool things. It's it's one of the best in the country, they have an autocross set up. They have Friday night drags at the local drag strip. Just a really cool venue. They do uh, street rod of the year there. Uh, muscle, mach- muscle, what is it? Muscle, muscle car of the year. No street machine of the year. My bad. Street machine of the year, which are two of the highest awards that Good Guys gives out. The indoor vending booths are are packed to the gills from anything from Dakota Digital to Rye Tech. I mean you name it they're there so it's a it's a very good show to put on your bucket list to uh, to go to
0: Yeah and I, you know I think you guys are right you know John Will it ends up being about perspective John myself Will we go to a lot of these shows for work and I think everybody knows that You know, work is work. It can be stressful. Uh, It can not always be fun. Sometimes it can be really fun, especially, I think, for the three of us. We get to do some uh, really cool things that we all have passion for that always makes a job better. It is also the perspective that, you know, I go to a lot of non-car shows. I'm I'm an early machinery guy. I love early gas machinery, gas engines, uh, steam engines, things like that. And when I go to a show that's more dedicated to those type of vehicles, and I'm there just to have fun, see people that I know that are involved in that community, and hang out with them, I have a lot of fun. And it's like John said, you know, you go, you're not working, you're on your own dime, you can do what you want to do, you don't have to sit there and worry about the car that you brought that's out on the show field, and you're trying to grab lunch, wondering you know who's trying to open the door on it right now and what are they doing to it you know it's just it is it's it's about perspective and that's one of the reasons those local shows are fun because a lot of times you're taking your own car uh, that's parked in your garage and you're going down to the local cruise night or the local car show meeting new people in the town for instance me i just moved here to this town that I live in in Kentucky and haven't been to some of the local car cruises and shows yet cuz I haven't had time but once I do I'll start meeting more people that I know you know meeting people that I'll get to know and then it'll become more of a nice evening out and enjoying friendships and people that like cars and kind of carrying on that tradition of of this hobby and that's I think that's where it all falls is perspective
1: from 2001 to 2000 13 or 14 let me think here 4 yeah for, 2014 uh, I served as a judge for uh, Carlisle events at the Carlisle Kit Car Nationals an event that no longer in or exists a lot of that time I lived in the Washington DC area so Carlisle literally was a 2 hour drive from me nice easy drive through the through the countryside of Pennsylvania which anybody's got property up there that needs to be house sat and and a job I'd consider taking care of that for you. Uh I just absolutely love that area of the country and the hillside. so going to the shows were fun. Going up there and I only had 3 hours of responsibility. It didn't matter what I did as long as I was somewhere for 3 hours during that show. But I went to the other shows. So I enjoyed the shows. But we've talked about, you know, going there and what shows are great, but why are these shows great? You know, the Carlisle events I like because a little bit of the diversity. I am a big, besides an 80s Chrysler guy, love kit cars and replicas because of the thinking and the designing and the innovation, the way, it's not necessarily I want my Fiero to look like a Ferrari. It's somebody created something and I enjoy the, more of the 70s kit car stuff and some of the later stuff where it's unique designs and people trying to express themselves. And the only way they can do it is to to build some fiberglass thing that goes on top of some other car because you can't design, you know, the average guy can't design a whole car. But it's kind of an early form, again, of the making community, getting out there, doing what you want to do and making a little bit of a business case for it and getting people to do it. And I enjoy the Carlisle kit cars for that. I enjoy Chryslers at Carlisles. Needless to say, I'm a Chrysler guy. Fall and spring at Chrys or at carlisle huge again huge shows you get to see a lot of cars that are interesting that you 've never seen before you get to walk through the swap meets and see parts and you get a little bit of treasure hunting whether or not you're looking for a part whether or not you're looking for a wall decoration whatever and again you get to see see what's there and then they've In the last few years, a lot of the big shows are doing it. Uh, Will alluded to the Good Guy show we went to a couple of weeks ago. Carlisle's been doing it. We're looking at doing it at some of the events that I work with in that you start adding family-friendly events because instead of Dad coming there and dragging the wife and kids along and, oh, the kids look at six cars and they're kind of bored and the wife just being there, you know, in tow... They're having areas for children to do things. They're having areas for the, uh, I want to say, the women to go to. Not that the women can't be car people, but to cater a little bit to them. They understand that a lot of the women that go to these shows aren't car people, but they want to take care of them. Good guys offered a a, a shopper shuttle where they'd shuttle you to a shopping center. They also had a designated area with more of the art and craft and Things that are traditionally thought of as w- women's interest items, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, there's woodworking in there. There was car art pieces, Carlisle. I've seen, you know, guns and ancient or older automobilia. So they're working to cater to the whole family-friendly environment, and it's not just having to go through and listen to people with loud exhausts make a lot of noise car after car after car, you know, you go to Bloomington Gold and it's Corvette after Corvette after Corvette, which is fun until it's Corvette after Corvette after Corvette after Corvette, and they're all about the same. They, they've they figured out ways to add spice and interest to these shows so that there's, again, a lot more than just the cars. It's, we talked about it a little bit in the last episode. You know, the cars got us there. It's the people that keep us coming back. If we're not having fun with the people and the surroundings, and it's all a bunch of stodgy people that walk around with their arms crossed and grumble at you, you're not going to go back to a car event. So, again, it's there to try to perform a different type of entertainment. You know, one of the best concours I go, or I go to or that I enjoy is the... I call it Keeneland Concord, and I'm probably mispronouncing it, in Lexington, Kentucky, because they do a wonderful job of integrating an art show. It's at, um, uh, the all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank, it's at the, the horse track there in Lexington, Kentucky. And so there's tours of the stables. They do a fake hor- horse auction. They The car show portion integrates seamlessly into the concourse so you can be looking at that Corvette or that Porsche or that Aston that you drove to the event. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're standing next to a $3 million Bugatti that's, you know, you don't even realize you've changed. So, again, the events are trying to understand and work with the people and provide this level of fun for the family.
0: Yeah, and you see that happening more and more as you're saying, John. Yeah, you know, you're just talking about what makes these shows great, and I'll I'll go back to Old Car Festival. It's actually one of the longest running antique car shows in the country. It's on sixty plus years now. The cool thing about it is you've already got that kind of family centric setting because you're at Henry Ford Museum in Greenfield Village, so you've already got a, a place where The family can all come. Varying interests are probably already covered in a lot of ways. One of the coolest things about the show, they allow the cars, which again, all pre-1932, restored or unrestored, but they have to be factory, as they would have come out of factory, essentially. No hot rods allowed. They allow the cars to drive around in the village as though it was the eighteen nineties, early nineteen hundreds. It's just drive around, they have, you know, policemen at certain corners directing traffic, um, historically dressed, obviously. It puts you into a whole setting, being inside Greenfield Village with the cars running and driving, almost as though it takes you back in time. It's probably one of the things that make the show as cool as it is but the other thing that's cool is that, you know, John was just mentioning, you know, the moms, the dads, the kids come. And a lot of times, maybe oh. the the wife isn't as into cars as, as the husband is, or maybe the husband isn't as into cars as the wife is, because that happens. The cool thing about the show is there are a ton of women and children that come to the show. A lot of times, it's the women that are there with the car, driving the car around. I have some really great friends at that show and that, you know, the husband and wife both collect antique cars and they're both out there in their respective cars driving around and just having a good time, enjoying their company. There's also a kind of educational aspect to it, as in we have a what we call pass and review. So the cars are actually lined up chronologically by year. There's a few of us, myself included, that narrate the pass and review. And we each sit up there for a few hours, and as the cars drive by, we talk about their history, their importance in the development of the automobile, how things change technologically over time, between the automobiles. you know, just kind of give the people that are in the bleachers, there in the grandstands, as they call them, uh, a little automotive history lesson. And I mean, where else are you going to go in one weekend to be able to see everything from the 1886 Benz patent motorwagen replica? Driving through passenger view all the way up to 1931, 32 Chevys and Fords driving through and and learning about that first, you know, 50, 60 years of automotive history in the development of the automobile, and I, that's one of the things that draws me as as the person I am back to that show. And I know from the visitors I talk to and and the people that bring the cars to the show. It's the big thing that draws them back is it's just that kind of ability to get those cars into that setting, driving around with, and I mean, they draw anywhere between typically 500 and 700 cars. Um, I mean, we had a few years ago, I think we were almost at 900 cars at that show. Where else are you going to get that many antique cars together and share that passion and see them actually driving in action, hearing them, smelling them? And the coolest thing is, if there's just regular visitors to the village that day, they get that extra benefit. You know, they pay the same admission price, but they get to see all these cars. And most of the drivers are kind enough that if you're walking down the side of the road and they stop and say, would you like to ride in my car? Or you ask, hey, would you take us for a ride? Most of us say, hop in. And these people get to experience something that they'd probably never experience anywhere else. What what time of the year is that show? It's the weekend after Labor Day every year.
2: Oh, yeah, that's the weekend I'm going to be coming to Bowling Green.
0: That That's the weekend you'll be in Bowling Green, and I will be in Dearborn, Michigan.
2: One year I'll have to skip Shades of the Past, which, by the way, is an awesome show, or Holly's LS Fest and go up there with you, because I think that would be cool.
0: It's it's a spectacular show. Everybody that I know, you know or anybody that's come, has loved it and like I say it's it's that opportunity to see something that you don't usually see anywhere else you know and I'm not I'm not knocking muscle cars and sports cars and hot rods and street machines you know that's what you usually see out at a lot of the local shows and you know because the antique car world as we've talked about in one of the other episodes it's it's a weird world in the antique car world and the cars don't always get out to the local shows, and I'm probably one of the the crazy guys that once my 17 Overland is finally finished up, I'll be the guy driving it down to downtown here on Thursday nights and parking in a parking spot, hanging out with my 17 Overland with a bunch of 50s, 60s, and 70s era cars. That's just who I am. Uh, but you know, this is this show is you know that old car festival is just. It's so unique, and yeah. that's that's the reason it's probably my favorite show of the year.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely want to get up there for that. I, I wasn't that familiar with it, but now, knowing what you just said, that show's on my bucket list now, you know? I definitely want to, want to get up there and do that one day.
0: Well, see, the trick is we'll get you there, you'll enjoy it, and then by the next year, you'll have an actual car that you can bring and drive.
2: No, no, the next year I'll be at Shades probably competing for one of the Triple Crown Awards.
1: <laughs> you just did a really nice Model A. I saw pictures of it driving and stuff this week on Instagram, on your Instagram page. So you might have something you could bring there that doesn't have an LS motor in it. Yeah, anything. there
0: you go, bring the Model A up. Uh, if if John would get one of the the motorcycle guys, you know, to let him borrow the uh, one of the early... Uh, 19-aught motorcycles. You know we got to, we could get John up there too.
2: I would rather bring that sedan that we built that looks totally original on the outside, but it's got a like a 450 horsepower 302 fuel injected in it.
0: Yeah, don't worry. We're, we're better than that. We wouldn't even allow you in the show. <laughs> it's
2: still only got one exhaust pipe that comes out the back like an original one. And it still has the mohair interior as well.
1: Nice so try. We 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 obviously know. I think what Derek's favorite show is. Well, if it doesn't put you in an awkward position, because again, unlike Derek and I, you're a shop owner, so you you have to play a little bit of politics. Maybe. What is the one show that you cannot miss per year? Or were we just at it?
2: You know, it's it's hard to say. There are three... Doesn't
1: matter. Not not your clients. What yep. show do you...
2: Yeah, there, there are three shows that I will not miss every year unless, you know, death in the family, something major happens. One of those is Good Guys in Nashville, Tennessee. The second one is the NSRA Street Rod Nationals in Louisville, Kentucky. The third one is Shades of the Past in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And I'll touch on each one of them a little bit. The The reason I won't miss Shades of the Past, I've been going to that show since I was four years old. It's always just been one of them shows that my father and I have always went to, and we still go to. Whether we've got a car that we're taking For big oak garage or we're just going up there to hang out have a good time see our buddies because technically that's kind of a local show um it's four hours away so that's that's local for us as as far as we travel and then the nsre street rod nationals it's another show that i've been going to since since i was knee high to a grasshopper just it's an awesome show it's one of the largest car shows in the United States there'll be 10,000 street rods hot rods even some antiques running around believe it or not and the the vendor area on the inside is is huge we always make a lot of good connections always seem to make make new friends big oak garage does a pizza party in our parking lot and a lot of people that we only see one time a year are out for that. And Good Guys Nashville, I have never missed that show. I, since the very first one, I've been there. It's just an awesome place. It's at the, the Titans Stadium. You can walk across the bridge and be downtown. They give away a uh, Hot Rod of the Year there, which really what I like is traditional hot rods that something that you could have built in the sixties, like the gold 32 sedan that we, we built last year. Ultimately those are my three have to go to shows. If the grand national roadster show in Pomona, California was a little bit closer, it would, it would be on there. That's probably single-handedly and you know, the best all-around show I've ever been to anything from motorcycles to low riders they give away America's Most Beautiful Roadster there which is a very 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 hard award to get um, you gotta you know it's it's up there with the Riddler and, and, and awards like that so you get to see that that competition going on They have what they call the suede palace, which is a lot of traditional hot rods, which is really, really, really.
1: Will, you muted, muted yourself. You're back now, Will.
2: All right. Where was, where did I mute myself at? Did you hear me say suede palace?
1: Right after suede palace.
2: Okay. So they got this area called suede palace that is traditionally inspired hot rods. A a lot of people call them rat rods. Um, they're not rat rods. They're just cars that would have been built like they were built in the sixties. You know, they didn't have, they don't have nice paint. They don't have chrome brake drums and crap like that. You know I mean? It's just sixties era built hot rods. They'll have a lot of memorabilia, automobilia, uh, cool t-shirts, you know, just a lot of stuff that, you don't get to see on the East coast. You got, you got to go out there to see it. A lot of artists are out there selling, you know, cool paintings of hot rods and pinup girls, you name it. And then they always, the show, it's an indoor show, but they open it up to cars to drive in local, local cars drive in and just cause it's like in five or six different buildings so the local guys drive their cars in every day, and they park around the buildings. So it's it's a car show inside. It's a car show outside, and it, it it's ultimately. It, if it was closer, I would have to say that it would definitely, by far, be my favorite show of the year. I just it's just so far away that I I, I can't go every year. Uh, we we got the chance to. To have the 65 dart that we built a couple of years ago out there last year in building four and i didn't understand what it was what it meant to be in building four that's uh that's the building that everybody strives to be in you got to have something very special or you got to pay to be in that building and we were invited to be in building four and when you walked in the front door of building four our our car was front and center so uh, not sure why they picked that car, but I'm glad they did. And, uh, it, it opened my eyes to that show to realize that's, they call it the granddaddy of them all for a reason. And, uh, it, it, it is for hot rodding.
1: And see, you guys make me jealous cause you have your go-to shows and my go-to show for many, many years was the Carlisle kit car import nationals. And then uh, Import National Kit Car, or the Carlisle Kit Car Show, went through very various names. And like I said, I helped de- design one of the judging programs and judged there for many years, made sure I could go every year. Even when I took my present job, one of the negotiating points was I get this weekend off every year so I can go to that show. It carried through. I, I missed one show in the entire In entire time from basically 2000 to 2014 when it ended. And they renamed, well, 2015 was the last uh, kit car one. And now it's import performance and they've kind of abandoned the kit car nature and it's went a little bit more of the Japanese tuner cars. Uh, There's still some import there. The kit car people have kind of abandoned it, and it, I feel bad because I was fortunate enough to go to the Knott's Berry kit car show when they had that out in California one year, and there's just no place for these kit cars and replicars to go anymore, and I would hope somebody's able to develop a place for them to go, and if it's east of the Mississippi, I probably will add that to my yearly pilgrimage, but if there is a show field that I, I like going to, it's any of the Carlisle events, pick the one that fits you the most. They have Carlisle trucks, Ford, Chevrolet, uh, like I said, Spring and Fall, uh, G, uh, GM Nationals, Uh, Corvettes there. It's just they cater to you. They know how to do it. It's the only thing this group does. They do 10 shows a year. Sounds like I'm running a commercial for them. I wish I was, but... Like I say I enjoy Pennsylvania. It's a nice small town. The people at Carlisle are great. The Millers created a wonderful facility, fairgrounds to to hold this. The community's great. The downtown scene's great. It's just a good immersion in cars for three days if you want it to be. And I would say that that's my go-to. Fortunately, I can pick from three or four different shows to go to this to to go to but 2017 might be the first year I don't go to Pennsylvania in the last decade and a half at least. It just doesn't seem to be fitting any of the schedule that I have now, and it's rough. One of the most enjoyable shows I've ever been to, when I was at McPherson, I kind of Petition to start their internship program, which is now expanded, and just about every student at McPherson does internships over the summer. But when Will and I were there, there was no internship program. And when I proposed this to Gary Dill, the then president of uh, McPherson College, he said, You need to write it up and write the proposal and what you're going to gain and create the internship program for them to agree to it. And I went to the Barrett Jackson car auction did it from behind the scenes. I wasn't the guy on TV announcing. I was the guy driving the cars across the block. I was the guy who drove 17 hours from McPherson to Arizona to work the auction, arrived at 2 a.m. I was told to call Drew Alcazar, who now runs a, Steely, a Russo Steely Auctions, and he was who I was to report to. I got there at 2 in the morning. I was supposed to call him. I called him and he asked if I could come to work. I mean, I just drove 17 hours. I told him, give me four hours of sleep and I'll, I'll be there at six. It was four days of 20, 22 hour days. But the best car to me, those auctions in Arizona in January, best car show in the world. You will see everything. You will see your street rides. You will see everything Derek's talking about. You see everything I'm talking about. You see things you never knew existed. It's an amazing, amazing experience. Unfortunately, my anniversary date at my job is January 20th, and that's when my vacation resets, and we don't have carryover or rollover, so it drives me crazy. I can't make it out there more often. I would say if you're going to do something, either hit Arizona in January or hit Carlisle any time of the year. Those are my favorite places to go and do and see cars, experience cars and car culture. If you have a big auction that comes near you, whether it's Bottoms, Meekum Barrett-Jackson, russo Steely, RM, you name it, go to it. You will see cars you've never seen. It's it's sometimes even better to go to the auction than it is like if you go to the Hilton Head Concours in uh, early November in Hilton Head, North Carolina. That is, the, the auction's better than the Concours field almost. You, again, you see cars that, not only are there, and you can see, and you can get a little bit closer to, if you have the right credit rating or right checkbook, you could actually take that car home. So there is that fantasy that it could be yours, no matter how remote that fantasy is, whether it is run over to the gas station and get a lottery ticket and hope you can, you know, take that car home.
0: Yeah, and I think that raises a good point, John. Yeah, you know, we've talked, Will and I have talked about, the car shows um, that you can go to, and the ones that we love so much, and have a good time at. But yeah, what John talks about, there's car shows. There's there's also what I would classify as the car events, and the auctions, the swap meets, those things that are going on. That's a, almost a whole another category of cool stuff to do in the car hobby. For me, one of the one of the things I love to do, and I've only been there a few times, and, and it's kind of one of those things, like John says, you've got so much vacation, Hershey fall meet for the AACA is one of probably the best antique car swap meets that happen, along with one that I've never been to, which is out in Chickasha, uh, Oklahoma, just the Chickasha swap meet. And some of those are... A lot like the car events that we've talked about, I'm sure will can list off some swap meets that are in the you know kind of hot rotting world that are big to go to uh probably Pomona being one of those. That's a pretty big swap meet out there that happens it's It's the same situation where you're getting together. Maybe you don't have your cars with you because there might not be a car show going on, but it's the swap meet. It's all of those people getting together. And sharing that like interest and just having a good time together, uh, going around. The cool part is you get that high of finding the parts you need for your next project. So even some of those can be some of the best events to go to in a given year. You know, I think that's almost a whole nother class uh, to talk about on top of the car shows that we love to go to.
2: Yeah, there's some really, really good swap meets around here. Uh, there's a huge one in Moultrie, Georgia. They have it twice a year and it's, you, you can't see it all in two days. There's no way. And it's a lot like going to a a Barrett Jackson auction or an RM auction or something like that. Now you don't, you don't get quite the, the high end vehicles that are, are at an auction like that, but you know, you name it, it's there, it's for sale the parts that are there—it's just huge. The the car selections, huge. I hadn't been in several years, but it's always a place that I've always enjoyed going to. And even if I didn't have any extra money, just walking around and seeing what's there—you know.
1: I'd say I've been to probably the last three Moultries, if not the last four, because part of my main main daily job and brings home the checks is I manage a couple of swap meets. So I, I'm kind of required to go to a lot of these events. And Moultrie is a very enjoyable event. It is a very large event. Um, I've kind of, because it's work, I figured out how to get through these things quickly. If you're going to go there and you're actually looking for parts and you're there to enjoy yourself, two days will, you you'll, you can occupy two days in Moultrie. One that reminds me of Moultrie for any of our listeners up towards the Great Lakes is the auburn uh car festival they have in the fall with a big auction has a reasonable size swap meet, but has also a massive uh car corral and cars for sale and you'll see again everything i last time I was there a year ago, there was the kit cars there were exotic sports cars, there were the pre war brass era cars. It was just a mix of everything. I guess I look at it a little bit different. When I travel and I go to these events, seeing the cars and the again the the selling and that fantasy of being able to buy or taking something home with you, really compounds itself. Unfortunately, the Fall Carlisle or this year Hershey overlaps one of the big swap meets I manage, and that's the Barber Vintage Festival. It's one of the largest motorcycle swap meets, and it's very Japanese motorcycle centric. It's not like the Davenport motorcycle event that's very American-centric, like Derek alluded to in the beginning. It's a bunch of guys that get together, and you question whether or not these people even want to sell parts. They just want to come there, camp, hang out, see the buddies they haven't seen since last year in October, and have a beer with them, maybe grill out a hamburger, have a hot dog, go buy some, you know, cheap vendor food, and have a funnel cake. It's, again, ha- having fun, but it adds to the fantasy that you might be able to take something home or take a bit of history home with you. Again, just have a weekend that you, you have fun and and party at. Get out there and do something, you know, car-wise, et cetera.
2: I know one of the things that we really enjoy, no matter where we go or what we're doing, is if we're out of town, we always find a good local place to eat. <laughs> and And that to me that's one of the the cool things about traveling to these to these shows is the different food, whether it's a vendor at the show or just a cool local restaurant that's in the area. That's one of the benefits to to travel to these bigger cities and going to dinner with with some new friends or whatever and and eating good too
1: rule number of yeah. one I have when I travel is I never eat chain food. I I don't eat at chain restaurants. We got the same rule. But it's all available. <laughs> same uh, same granted, rule here. I, I live at Love's and Pilot Truck Stops on the way there and eat at McDonald's or Arby's or whatever's crammed inside there or a subway or even, again, my fetishes, uh, gas station hot dogs. Love Love's hot dogs, two for three bucks or whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll wolf down a couple quarter pound hot dogs during the trip. But when I get to the destination or I get to the hotel for the overnight, finding some little hole-in-the-wall Italian place or steak place or whatever, that adds. And then you'd be able to chat with the locals or chat with the waitress and you're having fun and you're learning about the, the local area and the history and me being a history buff it's so much to it.
0: Yeah, and that's the same thing. Yeah, like you said, same rule here. I try not to hit the chain. Restaurants, And the funny thing is, we have these favorite car shows that we go to. And yeah, I know when I go to Old Car Festival, I pretty much know the, the local restaurants I'm going to eat at up there. I have my favorites. They're fantastic little restaurants that a few people know about. I take people with me, they enjoy it in Dearborn. I love going back there because there's not much better place in this country to get Middle Eastern food and I'm I'm a sucker for good Middle Eastern food. There are some great restaurants up there for that. You know, and and I know when I go to Cincinnati for car shows, I know the restaurant I'm going to go to, but it's also fun when you go to one of the new shows that maybe, you know, for us work sends us to a new show to take a car to i'll I'll get into town. I'll ask the people at the hotel. I'll ask around yeah you know, what's a what's a good restaurant that isn't found all across the united states yeah you know, what what is the local fare that you would suggest I go try what it what makes your town proud what restaurant and that's where I wanna go eat because like John said, i wanna get to know the you know what the locals do. And, you know, you could strike up conversations, learn a little bit about the town you're in, and and usually people know that you're in from out of town for the car show. And they love talking to you about where you're from, what car you brought, you know, why did you decide to come to this show, what enticed you to come to our town. And it's just, it's a good way to, especially for those of us in the industry that, for John and I in the museum world, but also for Will in the, the restoration world— you get the name of your institution or your shop out there and, and you get to put words with people who might have never met you in their life and you never know what could come of that.
2: Yeah, it, it's crazy because, you know, heck, when when John and I was eating dinner in, in Columbus together uh, a few weeks ago, you know, we're sitting there and we're wearing our big oak garage shirts and hats and everything and the guy behind me said, What's Big Oak Garage? And I was like, Well, you know, it's a hot rod shop. And but what are y'all doing here? Well, well, there's a car show in town, so it, it kind of strikes you by surprise. It's like this is one of the biggest car events, you know, in in the country as far as you know, hot rods and street rods and customs and street machines go. And and you don't even know it's <laughs> it's going on. You know, it's kind of it's kind of crazy that you know, local a lot of time the local people don't even don't even know what's happening in their town when it when it when it's so huge to us that we travel, you know, ten to twenty hours to get there, and and they're just like, oh, I didn't even know nothing was going on. We get that we get that a lot.
1: The whole irony of of that little conversation, though, Will and I laughed about it internally. Is they didn't know who you were. They didn't know about this huge. Street ride event or hot rod event that was in Columbus, Ohio. But either you mentioned it or I was wearing a logoed shirt. The guy, where people in Birmingham, Alabama, are not aware of the place I work, he knew the logo. He had brought his Porsche down and run on the track, and he couldn't stop talking about it. He had recently sold his Porsche. He was missing it, and by the when he was leaving after paying his check, he had to stop and show me pictures of his Porsche it it's just to me so funny that i can talk to my neighbor and they don't know where i work but i can go to columbus ohio and the car guy doesn't know about this massive 7000 car event in his town but knows you know this the small little place that i i work and has been there it, so he was a car guy he just wasn't in the right realm of car people and that's one thing that i think makes our dynamic between the three of us so good we're three different car people from three different walks of car life and i know even in our conversation will's learned from Derek and i and i've learned from Derek and will and i think Derek has ignored will and i and Wait, well, well i'm sorry just, what?
0: <laughs> i wasn't listening what did you guys
1: say <laughs> i don't worry about it but it, it's it's just those fun things but a couple of weeks earlier to going to Columbus, I had to go to Skiatook, Oklahoma. That's just out of si- outside of Tulsa. And I went, I checked into my hotel and I said to the people, like I always do, give me a good local steakhouse. And they said, steakhouse right out across the parking lot. I said, that's a chain. I want something local. Well, what about that's a chain that they didn't have anything local they could name off. And I'm thinking, oh, this is horrible. I broke down, went to that chain steakhouse, and it was the week after Father's Day. And they, the first three steaks on the menu I ordered, they were out of. Now, I was there on a Friday. Father's Day was the previous Sunday. I don't know when their truck comes in. But I'm going, you don't have anything? It's a steakhouse. Fortunately, the next night, I went and explored and found a pretty good local uh,
0: Italian place. They
2: had to have time to but freeze it, those steaks first.
1: I don't know. I'm in Oklahoma. They're out of yeah, steak. Yeah, so where do
0: we grow steak? How is, how is
1: the seafood? <laughs> I always love that when you go to Kansas and you order seafood and you go to Maryland and you order steak. <laughs> you know what, 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 do, what are people thinking? Well, we've talked a lot about uh, the events and stuff we go to at about that 60-minute mark that I like to make everybody wrap up. So I think we're going to go ahead and... Give everybody a chance for a final comment. I think we we need to be uh, winding this down now, guys.
2: Yeah, I'd just like to add if if any of our listeners have never been to uh, a large hot rod, street rod, street machine type event, um, just send us a message and we can. I can definitely kind of coach you through the the do's and the don'ts, and uh, there's nothing to be intimidated about. Uh, I've been going to them since I was, you know, four or five years old. So if if you're intimidated by going to a large event like that, there you know there's nothing to be intimidated about. It's it's really fairly simple. You just like any other show, you register and you drive in, and find a parking spot, and have a good time. So if you have any if you have any questions about anything, just you know shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram or through our website or. Um, and we can definitely get those answered for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with Will. You know, anybody has anything, questions like that for us, shoot them in. I guess my one of my last comments would be figure out and, and really think about what you're passionate about in the car hobby and, and in this industry that we're all in and talking about. You know, figure out what the local shows, the big shows in your area are be it an antique car show like Old Car Festival or the Good Guys show like Will and John talked about or any of those events, and and just go and have fun and enjoy it. I think in in every world, in every part of this car world, if if you're the new guy to the show, if you're the newbie, you're going to be welcome with open arms because we're all here to Promote this hobby, promote this passion, promote this love, promote this industry. I could go on and on. Like Will said, don't be intimidated because we're all out there to welcome you and show you the ropes. Make sure you're familiar with stuff and not be scared to come and, and, you know, even bring your car if it's not the best car. You know, it's, it's a place to learn as well because everyone there is willing to talk to you and help you out. I mean, at least in all the shows I've been to, that's, that's the one big thing is we're all there to help each other. We've talked about it in the past on this podcast as well. So, and aside from that, you know, we've been talking about things we love. We all got to be to work tomorrow, which we all love our jobs. So John, why don't you wrap this thing up?
1: Well, I'm going to expand a little bit and go off of what Derek and Will both said. Yeah, want to find out about any car events or something? You can shoot us some email. We'll we'll let you know. We know Derek's in Kentucky. Will and I are both in Alabama, so we're pretty well versed on things going around in in our areas. If you're in a different area of the country or you want to find a car event to go to, if you're not sure where to look, check uh, Hemmings.com. They have an events page. They list. You have to list your own event there, post it. They don't seek them out. But they have one of the best national listings of car shows. And it's divided to car shows, swap meets, concours. So whatever you want. That's a good place to find out where it's going to be. If you're going to go to one of these national events, if you're going to go to a hot rod show or if you're going to go to a a sports car show or one of these pre-war shows and you want to know if we're going to be there, shoot us an email if we're going to be there we'll, we'll be happy to meet up with you i believe and and chat with you and see what's going on we've even talked and we're trying to figure out a couple of events that all three of us can go to or two of us can go to and maybe do some live broadcasts from and as opposed to interviewing the celebrities there start interviewing you and find out why you're there or what you drove to the event and just kind of get out and about with the public uh, i actually got an invite last night to a. Uh, show that may take place in fall down here or in the Birmingham area. And once that goes out, we'll see if, you know, at least Will can come down and bring a car to it, and uh, we can at least do a little bit of a live broadcast from there. So those are out there, and it's a a possibility to see us out and about. I will tell you, the weekend after this airs, uh, August 12th and 13th, I'll be at the Southern Makers event in Birmingham Uh, Promoting my employer a little bit in some events we have coming up, but we'll be there with the intention of promoting the restoration work in the restoration shop. So there could be a couple of restoration technicians there discussing the things we've made and created in the restoration shop. So this stuff doesn't necessarily have to happen at just car events. Cars can creep into just about anywhere and. If you are in the Birmingham area, check out the, the Southern Maker show at Sloss Furnaces. Other than that, we're going to wrap it up for the evening, and uh, I guess we'll talk to you later. If you have questions or comments, email us at nodrivinggloves at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to No Driving Gloves using your favorite podcast catcher. Follow No Driving Gloves on Facebook or Instagram. And most of all, please check out our page on Patreon where you can help keep our tires rolling.